Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is December 7th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over my recap of the game between the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. So to get right into it, the Dolphins defeated the Bengals 19-7 this Sunday to move to 8-4 on the season. The Bengals fall to 2-9 with the loss. Now, the Dolphins had yet another solid performance in this game, but a brawl that occurred in the fourth quarter is what will ultimately headline this game, unfortunately. Now, before the brawl occurred, just a little bit of background, cornerback Xavier Howard hit receiver Tyler Boyd in the face twice. Then uh, Boyd responded by taking a swing, which ended up connecting with Byron Jones. Though neither of those were excessively violent, you know, they may have been more pushing than punching, uh, these blows were enough for the officials to eject both Tyler Boyd and Xavier Howard. Now, fast forward just a little bit more. In the second quarter, Bengals safety Sean Williams appeared to intentionally step on the ankle of guard Solomon Kinley. Now, remember, this was Kinley's first game back after returning from a foot injury. Since then, Kinley took to Twitter and, you know, shared the video and was kind of like, what the heck happened here? So if you haven't seen that video yet, you may want to check it out. It does look very egregious. Now, fast forward a little bit more. Now, in the third quarter, Bengals gunner Michael Thomas lit up Jakeem Grant as he was fielding a punt. Now, we fast forward to how the brawl occurred. We get to the fourth quarter. Grant was yet again fielding a punt and Michael Thomas, the same player here, laid another big hit on Grant, but this time before the ball could even get there. He wasn't even able to catch the ball before he got hit. Now, Coach Brian Flores then stormed the field, visibly angry at the Bengals' sideline and the Dolphins' bench joined Flores alongside of him. Now, after a little bit of an altercation between both teams, receiver Devontae Parker appeared to hit either a coach or staff member while trying to hit one of the Bengals players. And then Mac Hollins, a receiver, also took several swings here. Now, both Parker and Hollins, as well as Sean Williams of the Bengals, were ejected for their involvement in this fight. Now, after the fight occurred, you know, former athletes and players who were watching the game uh, were kind of praising Devontae Parker for standing up for his fellow teammate, as we know that him and Jakeem Grant have a very close friendship, so he was able to, uh, you know, stand up for him and they showed them kind of embracing and he was dapping them up after that occurred kind of showing you know thank you for having my back now to get into the actual game here the Dolphins started the first half looking flat primarily on the offensive side of the ball the Bengals early on connected with Tyler Boyd on a 72 yard touchdown it was a pass that was caught at the line of scrimmage and he ran the length of the field to get the touchdown now Tungo Vailoa on the offensive side of the ball also in the first half found a wide open in Jakeem Grant on a streak. I know I wouldn't say wide open, but he definitely beat his man only for Grant to drop what would have been at least, you know, a 50 yard gain, but could have been a 90 some yard touchdown. Now the rookie would not complete a pass beyond 10 yards in the first half. I will say he had several of these tap passes to Jakeem Grant that went for 20 plus 
yards in this game. Now, cornerback Xavier Howard also had his eighth interception of the season in the first quarter of this game. He jumped in front of Tyler Boyd on a deep pass along the sideline. In the three plays, I believe, before that, they were throwing to T. Higgins, you know, on uh, Xavier Howard on these little short passes, going back and going back. But yet again, another opponent learns not to test Xavier Howard. He gets his eighth interception here. He leads the NFL. Now, Howard has cemented his spot in the conversation now for defensive player of the year. Of course, TJ Watt of the Steelers is a favorite to get it right now, but there is no denying. If you check the NFL's Instagram, just two days ago, they put a post about Patriots JC Jackson saying, is he the defensive player of the year? Second in interceptions, yet they haven't put any sort of post or acknowledgement about Xavier Howard. A little bit strange if you ask me. Now, the Dolphins ended the half at this game down 7-6. to six. Now, in the second half, though, I thought the Dolphins desperately needed a spark of some sort, and that's when we saw it. The Dolphins came out right after the half looking like a different team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. On the opening drive, Tua went 5-6 for six for 76 yards, finishing the drive with a 5-yard touchdown to a leaping Mike Gesicki, kind of similar to the touchdown that he had in the week before. Overall, though, it was a great game from the rookie quarterback. He had a career-high 296 yards. If you guys listened to the preview episode, one of my expectations was that this was going to be a great game from the Dolphins passing-wise. Uh, you know, of course, he had that deep incompletion to Grant, which was a dime on his part that traveled around 50 yards in the air. Uh, there was also this very nice play. It was a nine-yard completion to Devontae Parker. Tua displayed this terrific ability to dodge pressure. He used this little quick sidestep that looked like a composed veteran move to deliver a dime in a very tight window to Devontae Parker. Now, in this game, uh, he gave his receivers plenty of jump ball opportunities, such as in that touchdown to Mike Kosicki, but there were other times where his accuracy was, you know, undeniably off on those contested throws. He wasn't really giving his receivers a legitimate chance on a bunch of those passes, so that is definitely an area that he will need to improve on moving forward. Now, tight end Mike Kosicki here, if you remember uh, my expectations uh, part, I said the Bengals gave up the most receiving yards to tight ends. Uh, Mike Kosicki he is a huge target. The Dolphins lack weapons right now. He's going to have a big day, and that is what happened in this game. He led the receiver group here. He had a career-high nine catches for 88 yards in that touchdown. Aside from that touchdown, though, he had this terrific one-handed catch where he just reached out and was able to snag it out of the air. Just a terrific catch that really showcases the potential of what Mike Kosicki brings to the table. And then he also had several other plays where he looked pretty nice after the catch. One near the line of scrimmage at he was able to dance around and find some room and go upfield a little bit. So overall, a very impressive game from Mike Kosicki. I'm hoping to see more of these in the future because he was the most targeted receiver on this team and he didn't look like he was backing down from the challenge at all. It looked like it was working for the team. So I would like to see that more moving forward. Now, receiver Lynn Bowden Jr. had his best game as a pro in this one. He finished with four catches for 41 yards and he also had a carry for 11 yards. Now, Bowden 
Wooden Jr. displays his masterful open field ability uh, in this game. You really got to see it, turning small plays into big gains. Now you consider again the lack of depth at the receiver position and the lack of kind of creativity on offense and the need to have a spark at times. I think Bowden's involvement in the offense has a very legitimate chance to grow further in the coming weeks. Now receiver Jakeem Grant, you know, he had that massive drop that I've already mentioned like three times probably because it was that big. He also had another drop later in that game, you know, so it was not a great game for him overall. Uh, his only receptions came on these sweep tap passes, which are essentially run plays where the quarterback will drop the ball in front of him as the receiver passes. So it counts. Uh, it counts as a pass instead of a run. Now the Kansas City Chiefs use these plays extremely heavily with their own speedster receivers, those being Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman. Now this may be, I think, the most effective way to use Jakeem Grant moving forward. And I kind of like giving him this opportunity where he is flying around the side because once he is at full speed, he is a hard guy to get on the ground. Now receiver Devontae Parker had four catches for 34 yards before being ejected from the game. Parker was praised again by fans on social media for standing up for his teammate Jakeem Grant, who he considers to be a close friend of his. Now running back Miles Gaskin made his return from that MCL sprain and he regained that role as the lead back in this game. He was largely inefficient in the first half. He would finish the half with seven carries for 17 yards, but he was able to turn it around. In the second half, he had several big runs, including this 26-yard run, which unfortunately he fumbled at the end of it, but he would finish the game with 90 yards rushing and an additional 51 through the air in this game. So a very good game from Miles Gaskin, and he really didn't show any signs of being rusty or that injury. He did look pretty good in this game. Now, Gaskin was able to show why he was a lead back when the season began, and he will continue, I think, to be the lead with the potential that we see some of uh, Savan Ahmed and both DeAndre Washington also in the mix here. I think this could be a little bit of a committee, but if I had to guess, I'm going to say that Gaskin still gets the bulk of the work, and we kind of see Ahmed sprinkled in and maybe Washington uh, in there a little bit. Now, the Bengals entered this game with 13 sacks, which was 30th in the NFL. They have struggled to cause pressure all year, and that happened again in this game. Tungo Vailoa was not sacked in this game and actually had time to throw, which was something that we haven't seen much recently. In the first quarter, Eric Flowers left the game with an ankle injury. Solomon Kinley would move over to left guard, and Jesse Davis was placed at right guard. Uh, we haven't heard any other further news, but of course, that would be a massive blow for the team. So stay tuned with that. Uh, you know, I'll be on Twitter, of course, trying to keep you guys updated. It looked like Eric Flowers was in some serious pain there on the field, and he ended up being carted off once he got to the sideline. So, you know, not good to see it all and hope he makes uh, a speedy recovery with that. Now, this was a dominant game from the Dolphins' defense. Linebacker Kyle Van Noy had an absolute field day in this one. He finished the game three sacks, five tackles for a loss, and he had this deflection, which was intercepted by Nick Needham. Van Noy, just an absolute monster all day, showcasing that versatility he brings in both coverage and his ability to be able to rip through the offensive line and either get to the quarterback or get to the running back. He was a huge factor in today's game. Just an overall force here. I saw a lot of people on Twitter kind of, you know, joking around because pro football focus has been rating them extremely low so far this season. They are going to have a tough time if they want to uh, give them a low rating after this game because it was an absolute field day for Van Noy. Uh, defensive lineman Shaq Lawson and Zach Sealer combined for the other three sacks the Dolphins had today. Now, 
Emmanuel Ogba, he had a strip sack in this game that was returned for a touchdown, but after review, the play was uh, ruled incomplete. Now, this would have been Ogba's third strip sack this season that would have resulted in a touchdown, so it's a huge bummer that it didn't, you know, you know, follow through, but overall, I'm not concerned about Emmanuel Ogba. I mean, he goes another game here without a sack. Um, you know, he started off red hot, but I expect that he will continue uh, to display his dominance as we go further on through the season. Uh, the Dolphins defense had struggled stopping the run this season. That was uh, the main factor, I would say, that's been holding them back from truly becoming the elite powerhouse that I think they could be. In this game, though, they held the Bengals offense to only 40 yards rushing on 17 carries. One of my keys to the victory was to neutralize Giovanni Bernard, and they completely succeeded at doing that. Now, kicker Jason Sanders is already building his legendary status up, and that continued again today. He went four for four, connecting on each of his kicks, including a 48-yarder. Now, punter Matt Hawk here, he briefly had an incredible touchdown. The Dolphins once again busted out that famous Mountaineer shot formation, but unfortunately, the touchdown was brought back. Uh, it was ruled an ineligible formation. They got a penalty, and it was not a touchdown. Matt Hawk just ran it right over center into the end zone. Didn't count, though. Now, to get into my takeaways from this game, I have two here. The first one is the Dolphins need to stop restricting Tua. I understood limiting Tua when he first became a starter. As a matter of fact, I was in favor of it. You know, he was a rookie. You need to build his confidence up. I understood that, and I was in favor of them taking, uh, you know, going that route with it. But now that the team is competitive and will need to have something that resembles a threatening offense if they want to be taken serious, they can't have these halves that look like the first half of this game. They can't have instances where it's first and goal and the team elects to run it each time from the seven. Some of it is definitely on Tua. You know, there's a lot of uh, RPOs are involved and he makes a decision to run on some of those, but the offense overall needs to be opened up more for him like we saw in the second half. And I think that is when we're going to see the offense finally start to kind of take on uh, its identity a little bit more. Now, uh, my last takeaway from this game here is that Brian Flores should be coach of the year. Now, again, there's a realistic chance that it goes to Tomlin just based on, you know, how well the Steelers are performing performing and their record as it currently stands. But despite that, Flores should firmly be in that conversation. The way that he, uh, Chris Greer, the rest of the staff built this roster from the ground up, you know, turning players like uh, Eric Rowe and Nick Needham into respectable starters, you know, helping those young players like Devontae Parker and Emmanuel Ogba. You might be able to throw in Brandon Jones and Mike Kosicki right now, uh, help them take the next step. And then seeing the way that he took the field to defend his players players today is nothing shy of outstanding to me. And I really do think that Coach Flo, even though we are still not done with the season, I think he is already deserving of a standing ovation for what he has been able to accomplish with this team. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode. As always, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at Shady Steven and also at Via the Source. If you enjoyed the episode, all I ask is that you could leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. It would mean a lot and it really does help help grow uh, the audience, and that really does help me a ton. Uh, so if you could do that, again, that would be a huge help. If you have any questions, topics, or things you would like for me to discuss in a future episode, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, and I would gladly do so. I've been getting a lot of interactions from you guys on there, so big shout out to you guys. Martin, as always, for help uh, you know, spreading it and supporting me. That is a huge help. Uh, Leandro from Brazil,
Brazil left me some very nice words. Uh, McClifford on Twitter, as well as uh, Rhephoric, if I'm, I hope I didn't butcher that name. You guys have been outstanding. I can't thank you guys enough for all the help and uh, support that you guys have, uh, you know, given me recently. It does mean a lot. So, guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up, though. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso, and this was Via the Source.